0: This is true news, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. Her Majesty the Queen of England died today at her Balmoral Mansion. Queen Elizabeth II was the longest reigning monarch in the history of her nation. Her death was published on the Buckingham Palace website earlier today. Her eldest son is now king, having ascended to the throne immediately upon her death he will reign as king charles the and will be formally proclaimed as the new sovereign tomorrow at st james's palace dr burkhart is here with me to um, talk about this historic event uh so uh, Not the story that we were expecting to be covering today as we started off the news day early this morning. I mean, at her age, we all knew this was coming at some point, but she just met the new prime minister. Yesterday or the day before? The day before, Liz Truss. And uh, when you think about how many prime ministers she has greeted going back to Churchill. Wow. But Liz Truss was the last prime minister, almost to the last mm -hmm. day of her life just a few days ago. Um, what I, for me, Doc, I think about that Elizabeth became Queen of England a year and a half before I was born. So,
1: so when, when I both was... Both of us, I mean, she's the only Queen you know, of England that we've known,
0: both of yeah. us. So, so. When, when I was nursing on my mother, she was sitting on a throne. That's hard to comprehend. Yeah, she um, she came to the throne at the age of
1: 25. And so she's lived a very, very long life. And so and I saw the video of her with Liz Truss the other, uh, the other mm-hmm. day. I just couldn't remember the, yesterday or the day before. She looked, you know, like herself. I mean,
0: she didn't seem... Yeah, a spry, 96-year-old you know, right. woman. Right. Uh, but uh, I think the same day she canceled... An online meeting. She was supposed later to that day. Yes. So her something happened that day. Her health changed that day. Uh, it's one of those things where, so God kept her healthy and alive to meet the newest prime minister, and then immediately her health went into decline. Right. And basically less than forty eight hours later she's she's left this world um, so t- Charles is now the king, yes, King Charles the third and he will be formally uh, installed tomorrow as the king right I have to admit doc i i I will be fascinated by the The ceremony, Mm -hmm. and I and I don't know enough about British uh, protocol to know if that takes place tomorrow or the formal ceremony uh, will be a week or two from now. Um, But there is so much history in in the ceremony. If you don't know what each thing means, you you miss it. Right. But you have to understand that in these. uh, these rituals, these formal ceremonies installing a monarch, every single thing that is said and done has meaning. Has, has meaning. history. Has yes. tradition tied with it, and so and so, you know, you and I will both be watching to see if Charles is installed on the destiny stone. Right. That's so we could do a whole show just on just the destiny on the
1: destiny stone. stone. Destiny yep. stone. Uh, also known as David Stone, links the throne of the King of England back to the uh,
0: throne over the, Israel.
1: And so so David's they,
0: throne. and so um, yeah. So so her family, uh, they they believe that they are descendants of King David. Right. Um. There's, it's fascinating. Okay. Uh, you know, the first thing that came to my mind today uh, is. And some of you in our True News audience, you you will remember the name Joan Beyond. And I used to interview Joan a lot. And Susan, my wife Susan, and I were friends of Joan. She was a dear friend of our family, a wonderful woman. She went home to be with the Lord much too early in life for me. Um, trying to think how long it's been—twelve, almost twelve years ago, I think. Right. Um, sometime, you know, maybe 10, 10 12 years ago. Uh, she passed away. She was very young at the time. Uh, but I, I interviewed Joan many times, and she had written various books, and this is one that Doc pulled out of my library. I knew exactly where it was. Did you really? Yes. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> yep, I knew exactly uh, where it was. Prince Charles, the Sustainable Prince, as you see by Joan Vian right and of
1: course what she's meaning by that is that he's the environmental prince mm-hmm. uh, he was fully you know entrenched in the un global environmentalist agenda uh, he's been outspoken about climate change and, uh, and the environment for much of uh, uh, you know past 20 30 years and so uh, uh miss vion makes that case that he is you know basically
0: the leader of the new world order well, if you because look of at, that. if you look at The subtitle, this, Joan wrote this book in 1997. Right. I didn't start this program until 1999. Right. And so she was one of the first people that I met and began to interview. We became friends. But at the top, who will rule the new world order? And that is the young Prince Charles, who is now King Charles III. Right. I'm bringing this up because Joan Joan was adamant in the late 90s and the early 2000s. She was absolutely adamant, and I could still hear her voice. We'd have these conversations, and she would tell me, Rick, you underestimate the influence and the power of Prince Charles. Because back then, Doc, i got to tell you, I... I, I didn't see Prince Charles as an important person. You know, he's, the, he's certainly not a threat. Right. He's the king's son. He's a prince. Okay. What's he do all day? He drinks tea and walks around in the garden. You know what's he? And, and that was my misconception. And she's like, Rick, let me tell you, he is one of the most powerful, influential men in the world. But he conceals it behind this image of a prince who just has nothing to do. You just think he's a you know, spoiled rich boy He just sits around and walks around in his flower garden, right? And, and she said, no, he is a very influential man. I want to read uh, just a few paragraphs because for those of you who are, are new to True News or you're younger, uh, I, I want you to realize that this, this ministry, True News, that we have been covering these stories Right. This isn't new to us. For at all. 24 years. And um, there are things that, that we have talked about decades ago that are now just coming yes. into public view. So this is, uh, this is what Joan wrote about King Charles. At that time, Prince Charles, but he's now King Charles III. Third. And she said, uh, in 1989 or 1990, I prayed a prayer that I had never prayed before. I asked God to reveal truth to me. I prayed not out of fear that I did not know truth, for I assumed that as a Christian, I knew the truth automatically. Now this is so, this is, one, this is what I'm going to tell you. This is why Joan and I had such a good relationship because God took us down the same path. Right. At basically the same time she was just a couple years ahead of me in her eyes being open. For me my eyes opened up in 98 she wrote this book I said in 97 she said God so gently began to show me that I knew nothing of what was really going on in the world, and that much of what I had based my Christianity on was not truth, but the ideas and thoughts of man. I found that what man thinks is based on the media produced news, news which is not reporting the whole truth about current events on the global level, which are setting in place political, spiritual, moral, economic, and social bondage. So. By the time when I met Joan, I was still very green, and she had just experienced her epiphany, her awakening, where God began to show her. Joan, you don't know anything. Your mind is full of, of propaganda. What you think is our facts is just propaganda, and that's what was happening to me. In 98, 99, I had to go through that same... Deprogramming. Deprogramming. She goes on to say, in September 1994, I was prompted to go to the United Nations Conference on Population and Development in Cairo, Egypt. At the time, I had no knowledge of who the participants were or what they were doing in the world. The only thing I knew about the United Nations was that they were peacemakers. As a result of my experience in Cairo, my life changed. And the focus of what the Lord was showing me changed as he began to reveal truth to me. I was then challenged to attend a number of other conferences in order to raise the awareness of what was happening on the global level and how it would affect each one of us. To date, I have attended more than 36 United Nations and United Nations-related conferences on four continents. Doc, this is 1997. Right. You and I have gone to a handful of conferences by 97. She had gone to 36. Right. And she continued to go to them throughout the 2000s as well. And she paid her own way. Right. She had a business. She was a financial consultant. She paid her way to all these conferences. She goes on to say, these conferences have dealt with social, environmental and economic issues as they are part of the greater picture of world government. Now listen to this. This is what's important. This is what I want you to hear. The foundational philosophy cementing each of these areas into one is sustainable development, which is a merger of capitalism and communism. Our form of government is being replaced by a parallel form of government called public private partnerships yes which is a marriage between businesses and governments otherwise known as fascism (laughs) the implementation of sustainable development which is taking place on all levels of government coupled with public-private partnerships will lead to a complete loss of private property rights and our constitutional freedoms Has it happened? Are we there yet? Pretty close, aren't we? Right. One more line. I have tried to show through the activities of Prince Charles how he is changing the world. Basically, the equation to the global level is this. Sustainable development, meaning communism and capitalism, equals Governance equals public-private partnership equals one world government. Yes. Joan saw it in the mid to late nineties. She saw it. She understood, and what she was trying to get across into my thick head back then was, Rick, it's Prince Charles. He's the one who's leading this. This new fascist movement, sustainable development that will take away private property rights, that will bring about a one-world government. I, I can hear Joan saying, you've got to keep your eyes on Prince Charles. And I'm telling you, I, I just like, I, I couldn't take him seriously. I just couldn't take him seriously. I was like, come on, somebody else, not Prince Charles. And, I, and Joan and I would have these conversations in private and she's like, I'm telling you Rick, it's Prince Charles. He's the man, he's the man driving the world government.
1: Now Rick, I don't know if you were called early in the pandemic, mm-hmm. all right, this is back in 2020, right? Uh, the first person to mention the Great Reset was not Klaus Schwab. Maybe it was Prince Charles. That's right, so this is from May. Oh, thank you. This is from May of uh, 2020. Now this is the first time that this great reset
0: concept had, was released out there in the world. It, it was took, May twenty. May, right, because Schwab's book came out in June or July. Right, not not too long afterwards, and so. So he he knew the term great
1: reset right beforehand. Was the agenda. So it, it was this was the first time. Uh, it was actually called the Great Reset Initiative. Okay, And it was a couple weeks later that uh, Prince Charles made that video for the World Economic Forum that was released. And there were several weeks later after that, that Klaus Schwab's book came out. So, Do we have the video? I, I don't have the video yet. I'm looking for it right okay, now.
0: Okay, do you so, remember the video also at the, there was a conference where he spoke? Right. And he talked about it the, was great reset. the Great Reset. Yes. Yeah, well, I know so we have the same time,
1: same time period. And okay. so
0: we're searching for it right now. Yeah, we'll get it. So, if we don't get it today, we'll get it tomorrow.
1: But what Joan was saying about the sustainable prince or the, you know, the climate prince, if you will, mm-hmm. the climate king, uh, he was one of the, he's been on board this whole time. In order for this merger of business and government into this global change of new leadership that's going to take place. Was she, was she and they used COVID yes. to help bring that about.
0: Joan would say, not only was he on board, he was in charge. He was of it. the chairman of the board. He's the man who drove it, that all the stuff we've heard for decades about sustainable development, this was the agenda of the man who is now King Charles, the third. Now, you know, there's some people that argued, made the proposition that he's the antichrist. And and I interviewed those people years ago and um, I have no idea. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna say he's the antichrist, I have no idea. Um, but there were people that that were firmly convinced that he had a, a, a very sinister role to play in the last days. Now, one thing which, which we will see tomorrow, he, he promised, uh, I want to say shortly after 9-11, 2001, that when he became king, he would not be the defender of the faith because every king... Every queen of England from the beginning of the nation was always crowned as the defender of the faith, the Christian faith. Charles said he would be the defender of faith. Plural. Plural. All religions. Multiple faith. So that will take place tomorrow unless he changes his mind, but I don't think he's going to change his mind. I'm bringing this up because this... This development today is really monumental. If he is the man of influence that Joan Vion said decades ago, then he is going to, um, he's going to begin to show his hand. He's going to begin to really become a powerful influence on the world stage. Wherein, up until now, it's been behind the scenes. Well, and that... The argument could be made there that
1: he works better behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. It might be better for him to continue to remain behind the scenes, let William ascend the throne, and uh, Charles
0: can continue to do what Charles has done for 50-plus years. That's a very interesting thought because many of us, including myself, I always assumed William was going to become the king and not Charles. That's an interesting thought that... uh, are you are you saying he he may not he may step aside tomorrow? I'm just putting that thought out there.
1: He is 73 years old. Okay, um, and there would be an argument to be made that maybe maybe he lives another 20 years. Maybe, um, but but let's say the bets really are against that. Maybe mm-hmm. 10 years, but that's 10 years. We'll be in these 80s. Yeah. Um, And there's an image to be projected out there for England as well. Uh, Do you want an old king or a young, vibrant king with a family uh, and children and a future
0: for England? And with the two sons, William and Harry, that family is very dysfunctional right now. Right, and this would be
1: an opportunity to kind of bring that all back together to rebuild the monarchy, if you will. I don't know. It was just a thought that kind of passed through my head there. Um, I think we have that video. uh, Well, I'll know if we have it ready or not here in just a moment, and so I think we found it. But uh, the the idea, though, Rick, is that Prince Charles has worked in the background, in the shadows, and has been able to do all these different things uh, without being front and center. Mm -hmm. Um, And in spite of uh, the tragic situation with Diana and everything and everything that's been involved with that. Um, you know, the uh, now is an opportunity to reset the monarchy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you want to reset the monarchy with a 73-year-old man or a young, vibrant king? And uh, Well, that, that would be a huge news story, wouldn't it? It would. And so, but P- Prince Charles' role wouldn't change. No. He'd still be doing the same thing he's yes. always done. yes. And he
0: might, in and some he might, way... he might cut a deal with his son. I'll be the real king, but you get to sit on the throne. Right.
1: Um, and in some ways, he might actually be able to wield more power as the shadow king than he would sitting on the throne. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's, he's yielding incredible power now without being on the throne. Yes. So... Uh, just something to think about, something to consider there, so. Uh, Do we, we have the video? I think we've got it ready. Let's uh, see if we've got it here.
2: So, Les gentlemen, my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened, by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here, we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition.
1: Fundamental economic transition. But a
0: military campaign to fight climate change. Right, we're gonna fight the weather, so. Yes, but he's talking about, when you say a military campaign, that is wartime. Right. Okay. So, what he was insinuating is that we're going to go into a state of war with everything that happens during war the loss of individual freedoms, the restrictions, the the shortages, the the rationing, We're, we're going to go into a wartime mode to fight climate change. And what we have happening in Europe right now, including Great Britain, is they're basically going into climate lockdowns because of the Ukraine war. And Essentially not, that's what it, they're it's, doing. It's a, isn't yes, it? they're climate
1: lockdowns. It, they're really not even energy lockdowns. They're climate lockdowns. Yes. They
0: they're prepping the bill. We have
1: What was that? I think they're getting another video ready for okay. us here. Okay. So. All right. I didn't but, know where that voice came <laughs> from. It's like Charles <laughs> <laughs> he's hearing us and so but these uh these things are happening right now and we're seeing the this is uh, we're not endorsing King Charles the mm-hmm. Third by talking about this, but we are recognizing this is a, a historic, pivotal moment in time yes. right now where you see power being handed off to either uh, another generation or the next generation, but that there has always been a plan in place. I thought it was interesting that... Uh, they had a plan in place for when the Queen passes called Operation London Bridge, Mm -hmm. where they have a timeline of events that have Mm -hmm. to take place over the next uh, 30 days. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for instance, uh, King Charles officially becomes king tomorrow, even though he is Mm -hmm. king because the Queen is dead. Uh, and then 10 days from now, there is a, uh, a, a funeral for mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth. And there are several things that happen each day of mm-hmm. the 10 days. And then there's a coronation at
0: some point uh, in the near future for The, the, coron- the coronation is where right. the, the pomp, uh, and, and that's where it, you know the Destiny Stone, that's where all that is brought out, Doc, at the coronation. So that's weeks away. Uh, do we have another video?
1: Uh, if,
0: if they let me know
1: if it's ready, uh, this is the one where Prince Charles talks about the great, uh, um, great Reset. So they're ready for that. This is from June 5th, 2020. This is just a couple weeks before he made the big announcement about the Great Reset initiative. And he already had lead time on that from Klaus Schwab. Uh, so, But this is uh, uh, Prince Charles speaking uh, for the first time about the Great
2: Reset. We have... A golden opportunity to seize something good from this crisis. Its unprecedented shockwaves may well make people more receptive to big visions of change. Global crises like pandemics and climate change know no borders and highlight just how interdependent we are as one people sharing one planet. Over the past month or so, despite the ongoing crisis, I've been encouraged to see the growing calls for a green recovery. We we need only look to the United Nations Secretary-General, to the IMF, uh, the EU, the Petersburg Climate Dialogue, the Canadian government, the COP26 universities network, and business leaders around the world to see this. And as we move from rescue to recovery Therefore, we have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. So we must use all the levers we have at our disposal, knowing that each and every one of us has a vital role to play. Everything I have tried to do and urge over the past 50 years has been done with our children and grandchildren in mind. So I can only encourage us all to think big and act now.
1: All right, thanks control for that and so but that was uh, Prince Charles, now King Charles, uh, you know making the case. COVID is a good thing for us. To, for COVID is good for a green reset. yes. We have a unique opportunity to go big, to go big and reset everything. And now the man who said that is now the king of England.